What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods, and a lot of you guys I know are excited to hear from the guy to my side here, Tyler Brown, the newest commitment for Jackson State, coming to reinforce that offensive line there for the Tigers, man. Former Louisiana Lafayette offensive lineman was a Joe Moore Award finalist, all-district player at in, in high school at Mississippi, was a VTO elite Birmingham MVP, man. The accolades go long. Check out our video on him yesterday as he committed to Jackson State, man. But Tyler, appreciate you coming on the show, man. I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. For sure, man. So let's go way back. You know, I said you you told me you checked out the episode yesterday, man. I said that you were really overlooked as a recruit. When you look at the accolades, the production, the only drawback that I could see scouts were having is that it was a 2A level, and a lot of the guys under that 3A level get overlooked just because scouts don't do their due diligence for you. What was your recruiting process like, and did you feel a little bit, you know, slighted that you were being overlooked in the recruiting process? Okay, so, well, funny story. So I didn't really know how the recruiting process worked. Uh, so it was about my junior year. It was January. I remember this so vividly. It was January after a basketball game. I said, I want to play college football. So um, right after that, I go to start going to all these camps. Um, my very first offer was Jones Community College from Barney Farrar. I love Coach Farrar to death. He's a wonderful, sweet human being. Um, and then after that, I just started trying to go to camps and I've worked my tail off. I was always in the big dog group. The big dog group is the group that all the coaches are watching. You know, you have like your, there's five, six different groups. And I was always with the number one group. I always worked my way up to the number one group to, uh, I was always winning, dominating competition and just doing my best. Um, my trainer, my, my, my mentor was Chaz Ramsey. He played at Auburn. He was a freshman, all American, uh, Dandy Dozen, when he was in Mississippi, he played Madison Central, and that was my mentor. So I, he trained me, got me ready to go, and so we so we have a great relationship today. We he got me on the routine of waking up early. So every Wednesday morning with Chaz, I'd work out at four thirty, four thirty a.m. You know, it was it wasn't you had to be there about four fifteen because you'd start about four twenty four twenty five to work out, and that's from four thirty to about six fifteen six twenty. Oh, it was work. And that's what just helped me to help to instill in me the work ethic I needed for college football. Because I've always been self-motivated, but that took me to another level, which is what I needed. And so that really helped me um, throughout my process of trying to get these schools to look at me. So funny enough, so I went to a Mississippi college camp I wasn't even supposed to go to. It was just out of the blue. My teammate, uh, Max Harmon from high school, he said, Tyler, there's this Mississippi college camp uh, today that's going to have Louisiana Lafayette, South Alabama. And there was one other school. I can't think of who it was. I, 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 I could, I'd probably have a flyer around here somewhere. But it was just those three schools. And I said, I don't know if I want to go. And I told my mom about it. And she's like, you, should, you need to go. So I said, okay, all right, I'm going. And it was about 415, 430. Because I'd already done about nine, ten camps at that point. So I was almost camp burned out. But, you know, I was still working, still getting ready to go. And I, at that camp, I met Rob Sale, the late, great DJ Looney, and I met Coach Napier. Coach Napier, that was when UL was – he that was his first year. The year that went 7-7, seven seven. he went to that camp. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't the big big Coach Napier then, but he, he went to the camp. And so I had – that was one of my best camps, funny enough. And after that camp, Coach Napier walked up to my mom and said, I didn't know why I came to Jackson, Mississippi today, but I know now it was to meet your son because he was the best athlete out there by far. 
And I don't know what, what these other coaches are looking at because he's the guy we want. And two days later, Rob Sale calls me and offers me a full ride to UL. I had no idea where Raging Cajun was then, or I didn't even know there was a town called Lafayette. But I ended up going down there, um, loving it. I didn't commit then. I should have committed then, but I didn't commit then. Um, and then I got offered by Southern Miss. And I was offered by Jackson State. It was like the staff that oh, – it was a staff from two – two before two to- – yeah, before coach before Coach Sanders got there, and uh, they offered me, and then they all got fired halfway through my senior year. So I, I I didn't know you know I didn't know how the transition was working. They said I still had a scholarship. By some people, and some people said I didn't have a scholarship anymore. And it was just it was just a weird wonky situation. And I ended up by I, I ended up coming to UL because Coach uh, Looney just really really recruited me hard. Coach Looney, I. I can't say enough about what a wonderful man he was. Uh, he sadly passed away two years ago during a, a team workout. Um, and he was so, I was always calling, they always called me little loony because that was my dad at UL. He always took care of me and he was just such a wonderful human being. And he's the reason I went to UL. That's tell everybody. Coach Lean is the sole reason I went to UL because he came to my house, came to a bunch of St. Joe games, came to school on multiple occasions to come see me, chat, talk with me. And this, he showed me that he wanted me. At the end of the day, I wanted to go somewhere where I was wanted. And do I think I was slided? Yes. You know, a lot of people told me I was late to the game, but I didn't care. I kept on working. Um, and then there was also a lot of the big schools said I was too short. I'll never forget that. It was at the Memphis Big Dog Camp. Uh, it was Vanderbilt's offensive line coach at the time. Can't think of a lot. I don't want to put his name out there. But he told me, he said, man, you're wonderful. You're an extreme, a great athlete out there. You you can, you're, you're fantastic. But how tall are you? And he said, oh, you're only six, two and a half. Well, I'm only looking for guys six, four and up. I said, oh, okay. And that's lo and behold. And you know, I took that personal. So I just, I said, instead of pouting about it or getting upset about it, I just, I worked harder. You know, I worked harder and I'm thankful for where I ended up because uh, my mom's philosophy was always, if you're good, they'll find you. And I'm a firm believer in that. I believe that also with Titus Howard's story coming from Alabama State and being a first round draft pick. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter. As long as you go out, ball out, and show out, and show who you are, you can be a first-round draft pick. It doesn't, like it doesn't matter. You don't have to go to the Alabamas or the Notre Dames to be a or the to be a first-round draft pick. I don't believe that. Um, and I'm so excited to be a Jackson State Tiger. Man, I love to hear it. I mean, I think even this year it's proven Trevor Penning probably going to be a top fifteen pick out of Northern right. Iowa. Yep. I don't think I don't I don't think many people could name a single player off of Northern Iowa coming into this Nothing. year. Nothing. And here, yeah, and here he is going to be a top fifteen pick. So I love that. And you know, you mentioned Auburn. I'm an Auburn alum, and I've seen Vandy close up. They wish they had you. I've watched them play this past year. They wish they had Tyler Brown on that offensive line. So I think you won in the long run, man. But quickly before we get into the transfer portal decision to Jackson State, this 2020 ULL team offensive line was special. You guys beat a top 10 team in Iowa State by double digits week one. You guys are Joe Moore Award finalists, which ended up going to Alabama's offensive line, I believe, that year. You guys had all the accolades, all the winning Billy Napier, one of the hottest coaches on the market. For you, though, what made that 2020 offensive line so special and successful? You know, our, our biggest philosophy was five equals one. So you have five guys, and we're all one unit, one heartbeat, one soul. And we were close. We were so close. We did a lot of stuff, activities together outside of football. We were just a tight-knit group. We were brothers. We were, it was a true brotherhood. 
And for us, we didn't want to let our brother down. You didn't want to let the guy next to you down. And that's why we worked so hard. You know, you didn't want to let Levi get sacked. You know, you didn't want to let Elijah Mitchell or Trey Regis get caught because you couldn't get your guy. So for us, it was the standard. We want to raise the standard. The standard was the standard. That was always Coach Sales saying, the standard's the standard. It's not going to change. The standard is we're going to be mean, nasty, pancake people. We're not going to give up any sacks, and we're going to dominate our opponent and make them quit and one play at a time. So that was, that was just our philosophy, and we played harder because that was the year Coach Looney passed away in August. Uh, he passed away August 1st, so that was always on our minds heavily. And we wanted to make him proud because he had the best seat in the house up in heaven. He had the best seat in the house. So we wanted to make him proud. And that's what gave us that edge as well. Because when we went to Iowa State, they didn't even paint the field for us. They didn't paint the lines, have anything set up. They just thought they were just going to roll over. We thought They thought that we were just going to roll over. And we didn't. We came in, kicked their tail, and kept on kicking everybody else's tail as the year went on. Um, I wish we could have had that Coastal game back. We know we uh, wish we could have had a rematch against them. Thing would have been a different story, but that's just not how the it's not how it went, and you just you can't really think about it. You just got to move on to the next one. Um, but just we we played hard for the guy next to us and for Coach Looney, because Coach Looney was just he was that special. I can I could go I could write a book about just how wonderful of a human being he was. Everybody loved him. Everybody he was always making everybody laugh, smile. Just and you when you lose something like that. You just want to make – he's one of those people you just want to work harder to make him proud. And that's what we wanted to do day in and day out was work hard to make him proud because it was just it was just such a shocking thing for all of us. It was really, really hard for us to get through, but that's what made us bond. And was, that's what made us closer was that passing. Um, and that's why – I think that's why we dominated because we were just – we wore our brotherhood. And, and you mentioned dominated. I mean, you guys – literally dominate i mean what one of the top top offensive lines and tackles for loss per game top offensive lines and sacks per game paved the way for one of the top rushing attacks in the country man you guys really did it all as an offensive line over there at Louisiana lafayette but we have to get into it man there were a lot of changes toward the end of your time at Louisiana Lafayette. Of course, we know head coach Napier is now over at Florida. There were a lot of transfers that followed him over to the Gators. And you going through a tough injury season this past season for you, talk about some of the factors that played into your decision to transfer away from Louisiana Lafayette. Okay. Well, for me, I saw I ended up getting hurt before it was fall camp. It was this, the, this past season's fall camp. I ended up tearing my left labrum. You know, I just, it was a, a one-on-one rep, I got hit hard in the shoulder, and I felt my shoulder crack, pop, and go limp. To find out, I tore my labrum. But I've had, I've been having right shoulder issues for a, a year. So I ended up injuring this one in the 2020 year. I had no idea about it. I just assumed my shoulder was burning because that was just what I was supposed to do. You know, I didn't think much of it. So I ended up getting this one done September 20th. I just I couldn't really lift my arms. I couldn't strike. I couldn't hit how I wanted to. I couldn't. I couldn't play the game how I wanted to. So I wanted to get healthy, and that's what I did. Um, and then I had my second surgery December tenth. And after during that uh, time, I was really thinking about leaving because I was just mentally. That was I tell people surgery is ninety percent mental. That was the hardest time I went through, not being able to play, not being able to practice. Because I'm an exercise person. I love exercise. I love running. I love sweating. I love working. I love working towards something. It helps me feel good, but it helps me feel better mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and just not being able to have that really, it hurt. It made me, it humbled me to a point where I just, I really became more grateful for my blessings when it came to football, because at any point it could be taken away. 
And that's what I, that's what was shown to me was at any point football could be done just like that. And that really, really humbled me um, and made me appreciate the gifts that God blessed me with. So I, by about, so Coach Napier ends up leaving um, and just something in me, I was watching, I was, there's something in me and just kind of said that, you know, it's just time to start over fresh. I just want a fresh start to truth be told. Um, I just wasn't really happy there anymore. Um, I just want a fresh start, you know, fresh. That, that's, that's really essentially, I just want a fresh start. And that's just why I decided to transfer when I did. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think I'm glad you spoke about it because we've had some other athletes on the show speak about the mental health side of injuries that people, people only think it's rehab in your knee. If you tear your ACL, you mentioned your shoulder, it's all rehab and get back to the field, but the mental health wise of you not being able to go out there and practice, you not being able to go out there and play when that's what you came, that's what you came to ULL or wherever a player may be. So I'm glad you talked about that, but now this is the million dollar question and everyone wants to know, what made you decide that Jackson State was the place to finish your career? I, that's so okay. Kind of a long, funny story, but so my <laughs> family, my grandparents graduated from Jackson State, my uncle graduated from Jackson State, and my mom graduated from Jackson State. And most of my cousins graduated from, got their masters from Jackson State. So for me, being a legacy, it just it means more. I want to go somewhere where it meant something to me to put those pads on to do to put on for a city for a team and what a better place than for coach prime and coach Marcus and, and get to protect Shador Sanders number two. And that's just, it's a huge honor for me. Um, I told this story yesterday too. So my great, great grandfather, no, my great, sorry, one great, my great grandfather, my grandfather's dad, he used to dress, they didn't have a car. He lived on 806 Canal Street, which is where the apartments are right behind Jackson State. Um, he, every graduation day, he would dress in his nicest suit and he would make the walk to the graduation to watch those kids graduate because he told his family it meant something. It meant the world to him to see successful African-Americans get their diplomas and go make a difference in the world. Well, unfortunately, he passed away the year before my grandfather could graduate, so he never got to see his son graduate. And my grandfather always told me that story. And this it was always it was so impactful for me. And I, I'm a firm believer he has the best seat in the house to watch me play for his team and also graduate. It's, just, it's a huge honor. Just being able to put on the the blue, white, red, gray, whatever suit, uh, whatever, I'm sorry, jersey that we have. It's, it's, it's an honor. It's a privilege and it's an honor. And it's not something I'm going to take um, take advantage of. And I absolutely love Coach Markison. Coach Markison, the offensive line coach, is such a down-to-earth, humble guy. He's just such he's a, he's a, he's a great man. And I just I love that we built a relationship like we clicked just like that. And at the end of the day, I told all the coaches I didn't want to schedule any official visit. I knew Jackson State was going to be my first official visit, but I didn't ever set a, a I never set an amount of visits because I wanted to pick the school. That I, I knew I was it was gonna be a gut feeling, you know. You just know when you have that feeling that's it's just right. And when I went to Jackson State two weeks ago for my official, I said I knew it was just right for me. And I um I waited to commit because I had a lot of schoolwork to do. I had that, immediately that Sunday I had a bunch of schoolwork to do when I got back in town to Lafayette to finish out the semester. And I just I committed yesterday and just I'm just thankful to be done with the whole transfer portal uh business. 
Hey man, it opened up a lot of opportunities for players. Um, you know, because I, I don't think a lot of people re- realize like how big of a decision it is at 18 years old to decide something that's going to impact your entire future. And then coaches are able to leave the you know, ads. I mean, everybody's able to leave except for the players up until yeah. a few years ago. So the transfer portal did wonders, man. I love the story about your great grandfather going to see the graduation, man. That a lot of Jackson State fans are going to love to hear that, but a lot of fans. Fans always want us to ask recruits, man, because we know what Coach Promise doing on the recruiting trail. Travis Hunter, Kevin Coleman, yourself. I mean, the list goes on and on. What was his recruiting pitch to you? What what vision was he selling you on the recruiting trail? See, it really wasn't him that I spoke to too, too much. I really spoke with coaches. I know he's a busy man. Coach Tanner is an extremely busy man, a very popular man. So I completely understand. <laughs> but of course, I sat down on my official and got to speak with him. I just loved his energy. I love what he had to say. But it was really Coach Markison, um, and the offensive coordinator. You know, their just pitch to me was just, you, know, you get to play in front of your home crowd. Your family gets to come watch you play. Your family graduated from here. You know, you get to play for under Coach Sanders, the legendary prime time you know it was just it was too good of an opportunity for me to really pass up on they just and they called me every single day you know I heard from coach Markison every day after I hit the portal and I wanted that you know I wanted to know where I ended up for me this is my biggest this is really my biggest decision because I have four years of eligibility left so I knew I didn't want to I wanted to make the right decision uh and not saying UL was a wrong decision. No, I think UL was a great decision because I got to work under Rob Sale and DJ Looney, who I think were the two best that are two of the best offensive line coaches ever. So to be able to get coached from them and be able to really get in, uh, to understand what it means to just work and grind and get what you want day in and day out. Just if they taught me UL taught me how to be a man, to be tougher. I tell people UL those three years at UL were the hardest three years of my life. I, it was it was hard. It was the the toughest thing I've ever had to do, because um, you have to be on constantly. You have to be able to block out all the negativity, all the noise, all the classwork, and be able to grind for those three those three hours of the day. And just to be able to do that and make it through and be successful there was just it was it was it did it worked wonders for me. So again, I'm so thankful I I ended up there first, and I'm so thankful I get to end my career with Jackson State. Um, but for me, the biggest thing was just coach. I wanted to build a bond with Coach Markison. I wanted to build a bond with my offensive line coach. That was my biggest thing, you know, because the head coach is going to be there, of course. But the head coach is you're also your busiest guy. So I wanted to yeah. be with the guy I'm going to be with 100 99 percent of the time, which is offensive line coach, offensive coordinator. I absolutely loved both of them, and I get to play in front of my home crowd in front of the um, the where my grandparents graduated, my family graduated from. So it was the opportunity it was too good to pass up. And I didn't, my grandparents are much older now. I knew I didn't want to go somewhere where it would just be hard for them to have to travel to and from. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, man, listen, I I love it. I know a lot of people are interested to see what, what Coach Markison does with the O-line this year. So I know they're excited to see it. But let's talk about some of your personal goals, man. Every Everybody says they, you know, some athletes are like, I don't have goals I like to write down. And being a former guy, I know I always had goals, even if I wasn't super vocal about them. But for you, what do you want to achieve next season as your first year at Jackson State? I want to be a first team all conference player. I want to be all American. Um, there's the Kent Hall Trophy Award for the best offensive lineman in Mississippi. I want to win that. I want to be the first HB uh, Jackson State player to win that award. 
Um, and for me, I just I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to be better, a better football player, a better man, a better person. Hopefully I can um, because in the classroom, I'm going to be, I think, a senior this year. Just on the field of redshirt freshman on the in the classroom is senior. So I just want to get closer to graduating. Hopefully I can get close to doing that. And just I just want to be the best version of myself day in and day out. And my biggest goal is I want to be an All-American. That's my first team All-American. That is my biggest goal. I mean, I, I love to hear him. I think Jackson, I, I don't believe Jackson State had a first team All-American last year on the O-Lineman. So that'd be Coach Prime's first O-Lineman to make, to achieve that. So that'd be amazing. I know your family's connected to Jackson State. So you're more in tune with the classics and things, uh, some more, more so than other recruits for you. I know the first game with FAMU is always the most important senior-wise, but for you, what game on the schedule do you have circled that you're looking forward to playing in the most? You know, honestly, I'm I'm just thankful I can play again. So for me, it's every single game we get to play. You know, I get to well, – I think if I had to pick one, it's either the classics or homecoming because I've never gotten to experience that atmosphere before. So to be able to experience that for my first uh, HBCU homecoming, is, that's going to be an exciting, an exciting time for me and my family. And – but honestly, I'm just happy. I'm excited for all of them. I I just I'm, I'm just ready to put the pads on, get to work day in and day out, June, July, August, and bring back not only a swag championship but also um, a black college national championship. Hey man, I like it. And homecoming is going to be big this year, man. That Campbell Jackson State matchup has been just hyped up due to the recruiting success of both Campbell and head coach Mike Minter and, of course, what you guys are doing. But I love player comparisons, man. There's nobody who does it better than the player themselves. So for you, looking at the NFL right now, which NFL offensive lineman do you model your game after the most? So Coach Sale always used to compare me to Chance Warmack. He said, Tyler, you're Chance Warmack, first-round guard pick from Alabama in 2013. Just I just have to work with you to build you to be that guy. But for me, my favorite offensive lineman was Brandon Brooks. He just retired this past season. I loved the way he played the game. I loved how vocal he was about his mental health. I absolutely love Quentin Nelson. Um, how can you not love Larry Allen and all his Dallas Cowboys highlights? You know, I'm a I'm an offensive line. I love just watching the line. I just love watching line play. Always watching the interior guys to pick up techniques. But definitely my favorite player was Brandon Brooks. Hey man, a stud too. I mean, yeah. a multi-time All-Pro. I mean that 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 Eagles O line had a bunch of guys on it that were just Dudes. monsters. Dudes. Facts, and so I know how it is, man. Listen, people, you know the DBs get all the shine for trash talking, but in the trenches it gets heated because you got to go up against the same guy all game long and you're face to face all game. So for you, how big of a trash talker are you during the game? You know, when 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 you're in the trenches, I don't say a single word. Because Ooh. so it's a funny story from App State. App State, it was freezing cold when we played them in 2020. It was snowing, sleeting, raining, hailing. I went out there in long sleeves because I I do not like the cold. Uh, I'll play in the cold, of course. You know, I'll play in the cold, but I do not like the cold. And the uh, defensive end, no defensive nose, said I look like the equipment manager. And I didn't say one word to him, and I ended up pancaking him three or four times that game just driving them into the dirt, even on the goal line to the point where he's like, okay, okay, okay. That's enough. That's enough. So I, and I of course I kept throwing them around. So I didn't have to, I, didn't, I don't say one word to anybody. Cause I'd say my actions speak louder than words. You know, it's always the, the person that's talking the most trash is the one that 
normally can't back it up. So for me, it was always, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to say a single word to you. I'm just going to dominate you play in and play out and let you talk to yourself. Man, I love that. It, like, don't even have to respond. Just just know at the end of the game, you got whooped all game long, man. I, I like the mentality. And for you, looking at just your one-on-one with the defensive lineman, what's the number one mistake a defensive lineman can make against you? Let me get their hands on them. That's the number one mistake. If you let me get your hands on you, you're not going anywhere, whether it's pass blocking, run blocking. If I get my hands on you, it's a wrap. Because that's why at UL, they always try to get the speedier guys to go against me. Of course, I could catch them most of the time. There's a lot of times they beat me. But because the bigger guys are the, you know, not the faster D line. Once I got my hands on you, it was wrapped because I'm not letting you go. And we're just going to do the tango until the ball is gone. So, and I think that's definitely the number one mistake for that, that they can make against me. Um, and again, I'm always, I believe in, you, there's always things I can improve on. You know, I can improve on making, getting better with my hands taking the right sets, making sure I have the right hat placement, hands inside, fists in the gut, strain. But for me, it's never it's never going to be about ever. I'm going to give 120% effort day in and day out. You know, the technique, I might make the wrong technique, make the wrong mistake, but with my footwork or my hands, but at the end of the day, you're going to get 120% effort out of me. And I'm going to I'm coachable. I'm going to listen to everything Coach Markson has to say. I'm, I'm a big note taker. I write down everything over and over again. So at UL, we – the way we went over the plays was in the fall. We go over the offensive system three times, and I and I'd write it down over. Even my third year there, I was writing it down over and over again because I'm a firm believer in just writing notes over and over and over. Because that's how you gain it, you know, repetition. I love repetition. You know, I'm one of those people. A lot of people hate running on the track. I love running on the track because I like the repetition of it. I'm just I'm a big guy. I love note note taking repetition. Um, so that's definitely for me was. That's how I learned best, which is over and over and over again doing the same thing. I mean, I, I like and hey, that's why it clicks for you, man. That's why you've been so successful at the college level. But for you, if you had to pick one, which is your favorite? Run blocking or pass blocking? Run blocking. Wait, wait, run blocking. Easily. Easily. <laughs> Not even no like run. I I'm a natural run blocker. Run blocking is just I love run blocking. I always tell people I tolerate pass blocking, but my love is run blocking. <laughs> yeah, I love I just love throwing people around. I love getting my hands just running off the football, just hitting people. There's no to me, there's no greater joy than moving a man from point A to point B with you know like that how, how the that that's a quote. It's a quote from Coach uh he played for the Washington Redskins. He was all he's an NFL Hall of Famer, um, offensive lineman. I can't it's, I think his last name is Grim. Grimes, Grimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was his quote was there's no greater joy than moving a man from point A to point from point A to point B against his will. And that's just what I love to do day in and day out. Uh, that's that's my that I love. I'm, run blocking is what really got me into football. Because I, 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 in my high school, we didn't really pass block until about my junior year, junior, senior year. That's when we became more of like a pass heavy team. Uh, but I always just had a love for run blocking. And then just seeing the running back go through the hole that your line creates, just, it's a beautiful thing. I don't think people who haven't played offensive line, like they, they say the running backs get all the joy. But as an as a old lineman, when you see a running back take it 60 yards and you oh, know so that you, were, you, you pulled and you picked up the linebacker or you had the kick out block, there's nothing like it, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you feel just as much joy as him celebrating an end zone. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. It, that's what, like to me, it's, the, it's, those, it's those victories like that that just make, that make me just love what I do day in and day out. And I've always been a protective person. 
So being able to protect my quarterback, protect my running back, make sure my man is not the man that makes the plays. I take pride in it day in and day out, whether it's in practice, in the game. How I practice is how I'm going to play. I'm going to give 100% effort in practice. So for the game, it's like night and day. And, and, you know, another thing, you know, on this channel, I always talk about you can have the individuals on the O-line. You can have five five stars, and if they don't have chemistry or don't communicate, they're going to they're gonna be atrocious as a unit. And so for you, kind of speak on how much does chemistry matter to offensive line success? Chemistry is vital. Chemistry is, chemistry is the number one thing you need. You need to build a brotherhood, a bond. Like I said, five equals one. If you're not – if if you if all of you are doing your own individual things, not working together as a unit, you won't be successful. It doesn't matter how many kids we recruit, how many guys Coach Markson brings in. If we're not close together, if we can't, if we're not a brotherhood, we're not gonna we're not gonna be on the same page. Communication is key. I have to trust the center and the guy next to me. I have to trust the tackle next to me just as much as I trust the center next to me. Just like they have to trust me and do my job, I have to trust them to do their job. And the only way to build that is to build a bond together, eat together go to bowling together, go to movies together. You know, we just have to build that collectiveness together because once you do that, you, you can all become one mind and be on the same page and our quarterback doesn't get hit, our running backs don't get hit, and everybody everybody can go make plays. Man, I, I'm glad. I always like to have offensive linemen who come on the show talk about that because I've mentioned it all season long and people are like, I really don't know what you mean. It's like if you haven't played O-line, like you don't understand because if all four guys do their job and one guy moves the wrong way or blocks the wrong gap it, it doesn't matter like it, it's it's gonna fall apart and the last question here man what is your message to JSU fans about what they can expect from you man what what looking forward to the 2022 season man anything you want to say to the JSU fans it, it, it's is yours first of all JSU fans thank you so much for welcoming with welcoming arms I've just I loved reading all your comments and I wish I could respond to everybody I just want to say thank you thank you so much for just welcoming welcoming me back I promise you from me, you're going to get 120% effort day in and day out on the field and off the field. And whatever I can do for the community, um, I'm big on giving back and helping in any way possible. And I just want you to know that Shador Sanders is going to be in great hands. So we're, we're going to we're going to go do something special this year. Man, I, I know all JSU fans are pumped to hear that. I know protecting number two and also getting the run game going are their two biggest things going into the season. Oh, we're going to run the ball a lot, and we're going to be successful doing it this year. I can promise you that. Man, I love to hear it, man. I, I really do. But, man, this is all about promoting the players. So let them know where they can find you on social media, where they can contact you for NIL deals, man, and any shout-outs you want to give to anyone, this time is yours, man. Well, uh, my inst. Well, let me do my my Twitter first. My Twitter is t underscore brown fifty six, and I answer DMs as much as possible. That's where you can mostly contact me because I always check my Twitter a couple times a day for nil opportunities. If that'd be that'd be wonderful. I'm thankful if that happens. Um, and my Instagram is underscore tyler brown fifty four. Again, you can DM me there on there with questions or nil opportunities. Uh, and I just wanted to thank my family, my mom, just for how she raised us from my parent, parents getting a divorce when I was 12 and just her just being the example, example of toughness and perseverance for me and my brother and my older brother, my younger sister. And just for instilling in me my competitive edge because she was a dandy dozen uh, softball player in Illinois. So, you know, just 
I can't thank her enough. I can't thank uh, Chaz Ramsey enough for everything that he's done for me and my family and for working with me day in and day out and then for, and for believing in me because those two, they believed in me before I believed in myself as well as Coach Jeremy Evans. He's at South Carolina State now on their strength and conditioning staff, but he taught me how the agility, quickness, how to run, how to be flexible, how to bend. And I can't thank him enough because I wouldn't be here without him and his tutelage. And again, I wanted to thank my uh, Lafayette family for the Lafayette guys for taking me in, treating me like family these past couple years. And I wish them nothing but the best. Uh, and I just I wanted to thank you, the Jackson State family, the coaches, the students, the fans, just for you all for welcoming me with welcoming arms, help with loving arms. I just can't thank you enough for welcoming, welcoming, uh, welcoming me in. And I can't wait to get to work for you guys day in and day out and show up and show out. Amen. I love it. I know they're excited. And listen, I hop if you're listening. This guy is a perfect candidate for your pancake club NIL thing you got going. By the end of the season, y'all should be on board with that because my guy Tyler's gonna gonna put on a show for you guys. But Tyler, man, thank you for coming on the show. Guys, follow my guy Tyler on all social media. The bigger his brand gets, social media presence gets, the bigger and better deals he can get down the line. And I promise you're not gonna want to miss what he does this year for your Jackson State Tigers. But for Tyler myself and the Blue Bloods guys, we are out for right now.